Hey everyone, it's Norm Ferrar, aka The Beard Guy here, and welcome to another Lunch with Norm, the Amazon FBA and e-commerce podcast. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about how to expand your Amazon business globally in the easiest way possible, and why expand globally, which marketplaces you should be uh, looking at, and what are the steps needed to make this thing happen. Anyways, welcome to Lunch with Norm, the Amazon FBA and e-commerce podcast. Okay, like I mentioned, today we're going to be talking about how to expand your Amazon business globally in the easiest way possible. Our guest today is the Chief Operating Officer, the coup of First Choice uh, Shipping, based in Brooklyn, New York. In her current role, Pearl oversees all operations of the business with expertise in helping sellers expand their businesses internationally from start to finish. She's a force to be reckoned with and an important uh, leader within the industry. Uh, first time guest, Pearl Osh. So can't wait to talk to her. But before we do that, let's have a word from our sponsor. A big thank you to our sponsor, Post Purchase Pro the only complete A to Z done for you real email and text marketing service built specifically for Amazon sellers. My friends, Sean Hart and Seth Stevens co-founded Post Purchase Pro after launching over a thousand successful private labeled products, growing 53 brands and get this exiting 17 businesses. Post Purchase Pro creates all of your digital assets 100% for you from marketing inserts, complete sales funnels, email follow-up sequences, and weekly email promotions. They manage and optimize everything for you to drive more sales, get higher ranking, and receive more reviews on Amazon. So check out Post Purchase Pro now to see if you too will see enormous growth like their nearly 500 clients worldwide. That's Post Purchase Pro at postpurchasepro.com slash lunch. All right, we're back and my studio's falling apart, as you can see. Anyways, I got to wait for Hayden or Kelsey to get over to the house and fix my studio for me. I'm too old for this. Anyway, Hayden, are you there? I'm here. How are you, sir? I'm good. I've got my work belt ready. Okay, you just my come on down my, any time, fix my studio. Yeah. Got to tape up my sound blocks or whatever they're <laughs> called. <laughs> Anyways, hey, before we get started, Hayden, cool hand. He's always the first to be on, always the first to comment. And can we send him out um, a cup, uh, one of our mugs, our our mugs, our Lunch with Norm mugs. So cool hand, if you can send over Hayden your contact information. So it's Hayden, H-A-Y-D-E-N, at amz like amazon amz.club and we'll get you over a mug we just really appreciate you being part of the community and always being the first to respond or comment so anyways what's up Hade? oh you know it's a nice breezy 80 degrees celsius here in montreal oh very nice <laughs> does celsius. your dog speak french uh, apparently not. Oh, okay. <laughs> Got a few issues recently. All right. Very good. Still don't understand. Okay. So what do people got to do? All right. So for today, uh, if you want to enter for the wheel of Hayden, make sure you 
write the hashtag wheel of Hayden. Um, and do we announce the prize now? Uh, we'll do it a bit later, Hayden. Okay. I'm getting eager. Okay. Um, and yeah, for everyone listening, make sure you like the podcast, uh, subscribe to YouTube, subscribe to Spotify, subscribe everywhere you, you find the podcast. Uh, it really helps us out. And uh, yeah. Get All right. Very good. Can. And by the way, I, I'm just kind of curious, uh, nothing to do with e-commerce. Is that a banjo behind you? That is a banjo. All right. Is that the new instrument? Uh, yeah. It, yeah. It comes and goes. Okay. A little bit of deliverance. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So how about we sit back, relax, grab a cup of coffee, and let's bring in Pearl. Hello, hello. Oh, you're you're muted. You're still muted. Oh, how about now? No, that's weird. We were just talking. Just a sec, guys. Pearl's uh, mic. I'm not sure what's up with it, but uh, she's muted for some reason. And I can't read lips. Nope. <laughs> what what just happened? Let's see. All uh, right, guys, hold on. We'll be uh matter of fact, why don't we do this? While we try to figure this out, we're gonna be talking about shipping, shipping globally. Are you shipping globally right now? If you're not, tell us why. Any comments, just throw them in the comment section. Any questions, throw them in the comment section, and we will uh there we go. Thank you, Hayden. Thanks for putting that in there. Um, and we will get to your questions right away. Well, this is probably just a small glitch. Uh, Pearl, why don't you try this? Um, nope, it's not working now. Why don't you try getting out of the studio and then coming back in? That'll probably fix it. All right. So while we're waiting for Pearl and for this uh, small glitch to get fixed, just wanted to say thank or hi to everybody. I see uh, cool hands already there. He's got a mug coming his way. I'm not sure who the Facebook user is, but uh, welcome, Andrew. Welcome. Where where is that? Is that in Ethiopia, Andrew? Uh, Andrew, uh, Manny. Welcome, welcome. Anyway, any questions about shipping globally? Just let us know. We do have a really great giveaway. I just really hope uh, Pearl's able to get her sound back on. It was, it's really weird. We were just having a conversation before we went live. So I'm not sure what happened. All right. Let's test this again. All right. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. How's Eric, that, Pearl? Can you hear us? Uh oh. <laughs> uh, uh oh. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> uh, you know what i love about doing um a live podcast what's that is this <laughs> is chaos? That, yeah yeah chaos you know um if it was podcast number one can you imagine if this was podcast number one i think you would never do it again i would not have ever done it again we were just a little late for podcast number one and i was in the uh you know uh in the fetal position yeah. Oh my gosh. Now the, the real question is, does the audience like, Oh my us, gosh. Uh, so why don't we do this? On the spot. There yeah. might be a problem today. We don't know. 
everything seemed to be fine. But if you have questions, um, maybe about anything, throw them in here and uh, let's see if I can answer them. Uh, we'll have a little impromptu uh, ask me anything while we're waiting. If that works for you, why don't we do that? There's the first question for you. And uh, I'll add Pearl and troubleshoot while we're. Okay. Did you see the picture of the world's greatest beard? I emailed you. I'm not sure who the Facebook user is, but I don't think I saw that one. So email me again. Or who do you know who the Facebook user is? Uh, I can find it for you. And Pearl, can you hear us? I hear you. Can oh, you hear me? Uh, All right. Yeah. Oh. We're back. We're back. Thank <laughs> God for that. Okay. Okay. You had me nervous, Pearl. <laughs> me too. I never had this before. But I was I was telling Hayden this whole setup for me right now is totally out of my comfort zone. Yep. Uh, we we moved into a new home about like a month ago, and the previous owner decided to start pulling things out of the walls, which sounds crazy, but that's just what happened. So built-in furniture and lighting and stuff, but we were not planning on like renovating, and um, we had no choice. So I'm pretty much homeless right now. So I'm upstate. Uh, you know, in upstate New York, where a lot of people go, you know, in the summer, but I was going to be there just for four weeks. And now I'm here for 10 weeks. And oh. so the background, you know, is it's a glorious cabin. Let me tell you, I have a great aunt that used to be in this place. That's how old this place is. <laughs> but like, like for real, but you know what? The kids are loving it. And you know, mommy's ready to go back home, but hopefully next week. That's the plan. Well, hopefully everything is okay when you get there. All right, so let's dig into this. I want to talk about uh, uh, the uh, uh, global shipping and, you know, just, to, uh, I mean, this is really great. There's so many people who are afraid to ship internationally, and you're the person that knows it all. And by the way, I uh, I had the chance in Mexico to really get to know your husband. He's awesome. I just have to say that, you know, Thank I, get, you. I hope I get to uh, meet him again at an event soon. But uh, you know, when I, why I love events. But this yep. is this. Uh, let me see. Oh, we're only sixteen minutes into it, so let's get into <laughs> shipping, shall we? <laughs> you got it. Absolutely. Let's okay. Do it. First question: Why should we expand globally now? Right. So that that's a great question. So um, it's it's the same answer it's always been, but I think especially mm -hmm. post COVID, people realize that. You know, there was there was so much uncertainty and there was so much that has changed within Amazon's ecosystem, especially when it came to the Amazon inventory limits, the restrictions that people had. So people that have already expanded globally before COVID had this really extra perk of sort of, you know, when France shut down, when Amazon France shut down or when Amazon Canada shut down, they were still able to ship into the UK. They were still able to ship into the U.S. They had a lot more options where their inventory just didn't have to sit. And also, obviously, people started shopping a lot more online. You know, people saw their whole e-commerce business really blow up during during COVID. So it, it's the same answer as always. But at the same time, you know, sounds very cliche, but having all your eggs in one basket is something that people should really um, consider thinking about. And having this opportunity where Amazon has the same exact model where sending it to FBA is an option in the UK market that they have and the Canadian market they have, and the culture is so similar, um, you know, it's, it's a no brainer. So if you're, if you have the opportunity 
to work with somebody that could really hold your hand, tell you how to make it happen, then, you know, taking the existing product line that you have, just go for it. So, you know, that that's the, the best advice that I could give when, when thinking of going global. Right. So you mentioned that uh, UK and Canada, you know, very similar in culture. Um, right. What are what are the other marketplaces that you think we could, what we should be going into as well? What should we explore? So it really depends on the, you know, kind of products that you're selling, right? Mm-hmm. Every, every country has its own culture and the kind of people and the things that they like. So let's say if you're, if you're looking to sell in Japan, right? Yep. People there are super organized and very, um, you know, methodical with, with the way they do their things, which, which I love because I love being organized myself as well, speaking of the new home. Um, so when you're, you're thinking of, let's say, selling in Japan, something like organizers, kitchen accessories, things like that, those are things that the Japanese people are so into. So if you're selling something in that category, then I would definitely encourage you to, to sell in Japan. Let's say going to Dubai, the UAE, right? They're very into the nicer things in life. Yeah. I don't know if people know this, but like if you go visit Dubai, you might see a police officer actually driving a Ferrari, literally. So sorry, I'm live now. Um, sorry, just somebody's walking in. Yeah, no so um, yeah, so basically when you're selling, let's say in UAE, right? I would tell you um, to to think about, you know, selling those beauty supplies or those um, they like those beautiful sunglasses, right? Um, those are, you know, certain things to definitely consider car accessories or into their cars. So, um, yeah, so th- those are the different things that you consider, you could consider. So there's the Canadian market, there's the Australian market, there's the UK market, the Europe market. Um, obviously, you know, Amazon just launched Brazil, very, you know, very, very fresh and new. So I wouldn't be able to give advice yet on yeah. you know, what our thoughts are on that. But something also that people would want to consider. But there are so many options, and I always say check the data, see what products you're actually selling, and then based on the culture and based on what the things the people are interested in, I would then tell you um, to to see if something that something like that would work for your business. You know, that's interesting that you're talking about. Let's just like let's stick with Dubai. So if you're going to sell in that marketplace, there's a chance where and I always talk about you can enter Amazon in three tiers. You can go and compete and like just be product cannibalized by let's say the Chinese. Then you've got the second tier, which is the average seller. And then you've got the higher perceived value, which is the top tier. And I always use Dead Sea Mud as an example. I see it range from six bucks to 14 for eight to 16 ounce jar, which is crazy. Then the second tier would be 29 to 44. And the third tier can get right up to 70 to $95. And that's the $95 one, by the way, is 3.5 ounces. And uh, anyways, it's the same stuff. It's the same. It comes out of the same Dead Sea. And um, anyways, what I was going to say is that if you're going to target a market like that, or if you see markets or even an audience, you can take a very similar product and just package it differently. And then that way, uh, we have that knife that I talk about that, you know, it's a $16 knife. We used to sell it at 49. It's selling between 99 and 124. And it's it's selling in the American market. Okay. You can take the same knife, hammer it, put it in a different um, package, sell it for 224 and go over to a market like that. And it'll sell all day long. No questions. 
And you could do that with soap. We did that with um, Japan with um, our, our soap. Our soap is a tender, it's expensive soap, but in Japan, it's a 24 to $36 soap because they like soap that's made in Hawaii. Wow. Exactly yeah. that. Exactly that. Like in Germany, they're so into American made products, like especially candy. They love peanut butter. Who knew, right? People <laughs> sell boatloads of peanut butter in Germany. Not, not that I'm giving advice to start selling peanut butter in Germany, <laughs> but the point is that when, when there's something that's not readily available, right, in our country, um, we will just run and get it. You know, like when, when a new line of, uh, you know, Nike, Nikes come out or, or yep. the new iPhone comes out, what happens, right? There are lines outside the door for days, right? Same idea with these marketplaces. They don't have certain products that we have. And if you make it available for them, they will pay a much higher price for it. And you don't have to deal with saturation of the marketplace that you're selling in right now. So like you said, you could sell things at a much higher rate and, uh, you know, it could just be just so much more pleasant than selling in the U.S. Are, are you seeing any uh, anybody that you're dealing with right now um, driving external traffic or getting people in these other markets to become aware of when you are selling in, let's say, Europe, UK, um, Dubai, wherever? External traffic from outside sources? Yeah. I'm not really so familiar with that, if I'm being totally yeah. honest but that's that's a lot what i've been reading that that's like the thing right now right so i i'm sure just the same way it's working in the u.s market it should be working um you know internationally as well social media is a thing all over mm -hmm. um but yeah i mean people are you know we think of like international countries and we think they're so different and but at the same time they're actually so similar to us and they love just the same things that we do and they go to school just like we do you know school supplies that sell really really well in the US now, guess what? They're selling really well in Canada and in the UK and Australia as well. Uh, so that's something that people just have to have that, you know, shift in their mind and realize, you know, whatever I sell here could sell very well there too. Yeah, I got it. And uh, first, I just, I just saw something in the comments section. So uh, first of all, happy birthday, Nir. Uh, maybe Hayden wow. will sing you a happy birthday uh, at the end, but um, I'm, I don't have a very good voice. But uh, anyways, I <laughs> wanted just to give you a shout out. Also, listeners, if you are selling globally, let us know how you're doing. Let us know what markets you're, you're, um, you're shipping in right now. Be uh, curious to hear what, uh, what you are up to. Uh, there is going to be a giveaway today. So I just wanted to give you just a, um, well, first of all, there's two really cool things today. Pearl, you, you offered an incredible uh, deal for every listener with the code Norman. And what was that for? Yeah, so that's for Canada expansion. If anybody's looking to expand, expand into the Canadian, in the Amazon Canadian marketplace, we're going to be offering a free NRI and uh, brokerage account setup, which is a $349 um, fee typically. And we don't usually do this, so I'm excited that we're doing this special for Norm um, and his listeners. So, yeah, so if you're looking to expand into that marketplace, we can help you register for that properly with the NRI number, which stands for a non-resident ID number, sort of like a tax ID number, but in Canada. And once that's set up, you could start shipping into Amazon's um, Canadian uh, FBA locations, and that's it. And then the magic happens. So that's anybody who's listening 
it gets a $350 value for this, this registration. So that's really cool. Thank you, Pearl. How, how do people sure. get to that? We'll put a link in, but how do people uh, go to the site and register? Sure. So they could just uh, email us if that's the, you know, I think that's going to be the easiest way for them okay. to support at firstchoiceship.com and just mention the podcast and we will, we will go ahead and, uh, you know, apply the discount for them. All right. Very good. And Hayden, I'll put that in at the end as well. Uh, now the, the actual wheel of Hayden today, uh, what are we going to give some lucky person? Is that me? That could be announcing it. Yeah, go ahead. It's a uh, 10% off or was it? Yeah, it was a uh, 10% off any shipment. Any shipment. Ding, ding, and ding. That's right. The first use. Yes, it's the first first use, and that could be basically any amount, right? If it's a right. if it's a thirty dollar or a five thousand dollar order, uh, it's ten percent off. So yep. that's a another awesome giveaway. So that's hashtag Wheel of Kelsey, or um, um, tag two people, and you get a second entry. So this is a double bonus for you uh, listeners today. So just wanted to let you know about that. And now, Hayden, if we could go over to one of our sponsors and then we'll come right back. Sure thing. Let me just pull that up. Anytime, Hayden. Anytime. I can wait longer. I have power. Aw awkward silence. A big thank you to our sponsor, Startup Club, the largest club on Clubhouse with over 790,000 members and growing. They're one of the world's largest communities supporting the startup ecosystem from founders to those wishing to work for a startup and everything in between. You can find them at www.startup.club for blogs, recordings, and a calendar of upcoming shows and on the Clubhouse app. Just search Startup Club for daily shows 24 seven. You can also now listen to their show, the Serial Entrepreneur Club podcast on Apple and Spotify too. Stop by to connect, learn, and grow together. All right. So we are back. And now I, I'd like to talk about, because some people get you know nervous about not understanding the process. Can you tell us some of the uh, yeah. steps to, to get going? Yeah. So that's a great question. So we, we try to keep it simple, but the three main steps of what I would say a seller should consider is first and foremost, you want to make sure compliance wise that your product checks out. Right. So every, right. So every, every country has its own set of rules of things that are allowed to be imported. Um, even from the Amazon side, you want to make sure that you're allowed to list the product, that it's not considered hazmat or it's not considered dangerous goods. There are these type of variables. Um, I, I would say as a rule, anything that's ingestible or touches the body, something that you might want to consider that needs a compliance check. So you do want to make sure that it doesn't need any special licensing or special uh, product approval or labeling, things like that. So that would be always the first step that I would advise people to do, making sure that you're not getting shipping quotes and you're not figuring out how am I listing my product or translating the listing if needed. Some countries are in English. but you don't want to do any of those steps until that's checked out. That checks out. Um, once you know your product is able to be shipped, fantastic. I would then recommend somebody to um, get shipping quotes to make sure that their product is actually going to be profitable to be shipped overseas. 
normally you know products that are a little are a little bit smaller obviously are going to be a lot more affordable um mm-hmm. to ship you know for example like i have my phone sitting on my on my table here right so if i ship a lot of these phones in a box that's obviously going to be a lot more profitable than if i'm shipping a comforter or or a pillow right so you do want to make sure these things are taken into into account and when you are calculating the shipping cost also have in mind that uh value added tax the tax in every country has different taxes um some have duties some don't some have higher taxes lower taxes based on if it's a children's item or not so those are the things that you want to consider and once you check that out and you know okay i could actually be profitable then i would recommend um registering for vat or for the nri number let's say when it comes to uh, Canada, that's what it's called, or ACP registration for Japan. These are different terms that people should be looking out for. And then, uh, last but not least, make sure whoever you're working with, whatever freight forwarder it is, they can actually act as your importer of record. Mm. Basically, an importer of record is somebody that is representing you in foreign countries. So, typically, when you're shipping into Amazon or anywhere, really. The person that receives the shipment is usually the, the importer of record. Now, the whole point of an importer of record is really for the security and the clearance of the shipment. Customs wants to make sure they have somebody that's taking responsibility. They're not shipping uh, drugs or some dangerous stuff, right? They want to make sure that it's a responsible party on the other end that's taking on the liability. So when shipping to Amazon and they're the ones that are receiving it, they would typically, and the international norms be ones, but of course they don't want to be uh, liable to, for your shipment at all. And that's the reason why they don't provide a service of when you are shipping into their global marketplaces, they don't provide a service of actually shipping it. So for that reason, you need to find somebody that will act as the importer of record for you. So you want to make sure that you have that set up. And then of course, for the actual um, shipment, so you can set up the shipment. And you want to have in mind, last but not least, a returns option. You know, people don't want to think about this, right? Nobody thinks my product is going to be, you know, loved by everybody. But the bottom line is the reason why people shop on Amazon is because of their return policy or one of the reasons, right? You could just buy and return very easily. So you want to have in mind a returns option. You don't want to have people returning product and then it becomes unfulfillable and you don't know what to do with it. Because what Amazon requires from you is to get your unfulfillable inventory out you actually have to ship it to someplace within that country. They're not going to ship it overseas back to you. So if you're selling something that's pricey and uh, a valuable item, you don't want to have to dispose that. So having a warehouse facility that you could have it shipped back to within that country, you want to have that in mind before you start and you don't want to get stuck. You know, there, there was, let's say, two years ago when Brexit happened or almost three years ago when Brexit happened, a lot of rules changed and people that were selling consumables have to start putting certain labels onto their right. products, right? So they, they literally, let's say, had a shipment go in the week before, and all of a sudden, the week later, it was like, you have to get this shipment out. You have this, this amount of time to get it out. And I remember it was during the holiday, and I usually shut down during the holiday, and I had a customer frantically calling me. He's like, listen, I have literally a million dollars of an inventory that is going to get disposed within the next couple of hours. I need a warehouse now. So thank God we help facilitate that. But this is something you must have in mind before shipping things out. Like what happens if Amazon decides like, oh, you need another label or 
our rules changed, right? So always have that option in mind. So yeah, that's something I highly advise people having in mind. And whatever I just mentioned is something we could actually facilitate. So something that people should know, these are the steps that you should have in mind that will help you be successful when selling globally. I saw an ingenious, and I don't know if they're still doing it, and I, I, but I, it wasn't just one person. But when all that happened, they have a label that was a rollout label, and it was on like a cylinder, uh, a cylinder. So it was, if it was a round bottle, uh, they just have it where you peel it back, and all the languages were right yes. there. It's a brilliant thing that people. Isn't do. that I great? That. Yes. So yeah. everything's there. And like some of the things that you're talking about compliance, I've got two stories. One is with my own soap. So in, in, on Amazon, I could just use the natural name. If I'm using, um, uh, lavender essential oils, I can say that. Or if I'm using coconut oil in Canada, you have to use the INSI, the, the Latin terms. And so if you ship a product up here and yep. you don't have those terms, uh, they're not coming up. They'll, they'll yep. just be, you know, that's it done. And you'll be, um, you'll be suppressed from Amazon anyways. Uh, then the other one, this is, this is crazy. This is a, com a company we were trying to help out and they said, Oh, we need it in a rush. We're just going to do it ourselves. They went over, they got, um, they bought something from 1688, which unless you know what you're doing, um, I don't highly recommend it. Uh, but they didn't, what they didn't do is they didn't check the compliance on a PPE product. This was a, a hand oh. wipe. And they didn't realize, I, I, I realized this, that there's two different alcohols that you use. You, one could be for a screen clean. One could be for a hand wipe. Wow. Guess what was packaged? The wrong one. So the whole container comes in and it's all wrong. Does not pass compliance. So. Oh boy, that's a mess. Yeah. A, a huge mess. But that's one of the issues, especially, and I go down a different rabbit hole here, but if you don't know who you're dealing with or you don't understand the platform, 1688 is a thousand times different than Alibaba. It's made for Chinese wow. and it, it the same compliance and the same regulations do not apply. So anyways, the, the guy learned the hard way, unfortunately, and he ate it. He There was wow. nothing he could do with it. So um, anyways, that was just one. Um, some of the questions, like when you're getting these quotes or if they're looking um, at these initial steps and they're getting quotes back, what are some of the questions to protect yourself or just to make sure that you do ask uh, to make sure you're getting an accurate quote? Yeah. So first off, the, the best question, and, I, and I'm sure a lot of the listeners know this, is to make sure that it's all in quote. So mm -hmm. a lot, a lot of freight forwarders will give you a quote where it's either port to port or it's a uh, port to, um, you know, warehouse, but it doesn't include all the, the handling fees and the palletizing fees. And there's, there's you get so nickel many and dimed. Forget about it. <laughs> yeah. So if, if you don't get an all in quote and that's how you're, you're trying to uh, forecast your profits, that will never work. So we personally specialize in small parcel delivery. Our, our goal is to do, you know, smaller shipments into Amazon more often and faster. That that's what our niche is. But if you are working and small parcel delivery usually is much easier to get an all-in quote because we work with the carriers like UPS, DHL, and FedEx, where it's door to door. It's not vague. 
But if you are going with a air freight, which is by the airlines directly, or if you're going with a uh, LTL or FTL, which, you know, the container container loads um, kind of method, those are very, very easy to, you know, get away with when it comes to quoting. So make sure that you're asking, is this an all-in quote in caps? And then you'll know, okay, now, now let me make those projections. Does this actually make sense for me? Uh, that that's one piece of advice I would ask. I, I would I would give um, uh, another piece of advice I would give would be related to taxes. So people don't realize this, but when you're shipping with carriers, you don't necessarily need to put in a harmonized code or a tariff code. Which, if the listeners aren't familiar with these terms, it's basically a code that customs identifies what you're shipping. So it tells them very clearly and descriptively, okay, I am shipping a gold watch for mm-hmm. men, or I am shipping a children's plastic watch. Now, but when you're shipping small parcel with the carriers, they don't expect you to put in this harmonized code number. It's good enough to put in a description. So what people do is when they're filling out the commercial invoice, which is a customs document for, you know, for customs, they don't realize that they put in an item description. But what happens is, is that customs will look at that and they'll say, okay, it says clothing on it. Okay, let's go through our millions of different codes that we have for clothing. Let's choose the most expensive one we have on file. And we've had this countless times where sellers were like, man, I didn't expect this. But if you are not being descriptive, and let's say you're shipping it to the UK and writing clothing, and the children's clothing is actually that free, you're not going to have a that free situation if you're not being fully descriptive and putting in the right harmonized code, tariff code, or whatever you want to call it, HS code. There's so many different terms for it. But I will tell you to speak to your freight forwarder and ask them for help on getting the right harmonized code and being very descriptive with what you're shipping. Watches, you know, a gold watch and a plastic watch is going to have a different, um, you know, tax amount. So these are the different things to have in mind, especially when, you know, starting out with a new product and you want to be able to forecast properly, what are these things that I'm going to be asking and what I'm going to be putting down when I'm actually doing the shipment? I can do another personal example, going back to the soap. So I had natural soap down and I used the uh, the um, uh, tariff code for that. And then Afalabi looked at it and he went, this is wrong. Um, you're paying 17%. And he said, you have olive oil in it. This is a Castile soap. He changed it over to Castile and it made it zero. Wow. Yeah. So now I'm saving 17% on everything I bring in. Everything. Yeah. And it's simple things like that. that Those are the things that, that, you know, help you with the profit at the end of the day. And by the way, I don't know if Nir was listening earlier. I just see that he came on. But uh, happy birthday, buddy. I, I, I don't know if you get a birthday brisket or a birthday cake, but, uh, you know, um, <laughs> enjoy the day either way. <laughs> All right. Hi there, hi there. Thanks for listening. Now, the other thing I'm, I'm wondering is we're heading into fourth quarter. Is this a good time to even start looking at going the global? Time. The best time. Is it the, the best? best? Time. The best time. You know, what's interesting is that we work very closely with Amazon. Yeah. So just a, a short little story. We we started working with Amazon about five years ago because what happened was is that we had a group of customers that were meeting 
some reps at the CES show in Vegas, the electronic show. And they asked them, you know, give us some tips on how we could get more sellers like you successful in the global market. And they said, you guys should speak to first choice shipping. And I remember getting an email at like 2 a.m. because they're in Seattle. Um, or actually, no, they were in Vegas then, right. So there were three hours earlier. Crazy me was still answering emails at that hour. And I remember responding as fast as I possibly can. The next day we got on a Zoom, we did a demo. We showed them, you know, our system and how everything works. And since then, we've been working really closely together. And it's it's been amazing. But the point that I'm trying to make is that it's this time of the year where they try to onboard as many sellers as possible. Because when you are getting ready now, before quarter four, and you could get that volume up in quarter four, that's where the trend continues. And, you know, if you're able to optimize yourself in advance, it's perfect timing. And it, it actually takes really, really fast to get yourself onboarded. It shouldn't take more than about four weeks on average to get yourself set up in a new marketplace. So if you could get yourself set up now and you, you could use the opportunity of quarter four and, you know, uh, Black Friday and all those great stuff happening during that time to be able to scale, then you have the best opportunity to be able to really, really see success internationally. All right. And the last question I, that comes to mind is mistakes. I, I For you, what are some of the bigger mistakes uh, sellers are making? So I think we, we spoke about a few of them already. Right? Yeah, the yeah. Things we've to touched have on it. Mind. Um, some of the other mistakes that sellers sellers make when, when they're selling internationally or, or shipping globally is firstly starting big, right? You, I, I know having these, I, I have constantly these conversations with sellers where they're like, oh, so we just bring in, you know, containers and we bring in a lot of containers and we would love to just start off with a full container getting into the UK. And my advice is always start small, you know, because you're seeing success in the US marketplace doesn't mean people will take so quickly to your, your new, uh, you know, product line in a market like Canada. You have to give people time to, especially if you're private labeling, you have to give people the opportunity to start liking your product. Um, the reviews usually do get transferred over, so that's not usually a problem people face. So if you're selling in the U.S. and you're transferring listings over, usually the reviews carry over, so that's a help. But still, if we, we see that it takes about six months until sellers really get optimized in a new marketplace. And selling just a little bit of, you know, 10 of your top products at once, sending in, let's say, five boxes or four boxes, and really just getting a taste of the market and seeing what do people like. And then you're not, then you say, okay, these top, five, uh, these top 10 products, only five of them people are, are actually interested in. So let's now send a container or a pallet, right? So starting out, I always I always recommend starting small mm -hmm. and lean, and just in case it doesn't work out, it's just a you know quick write off, and it's not like this huge container that I have to figure out now how do I get it out of Amazon's warehouse or a warehouse that I sent it into. Um, so start with minimal risk would be one thing. I would also make a recommendation about if you are working directly with the carriers such as DHL or UPS and not going through a middleman, let's say like ourselves. They will give you advice that's wrong just because they are not e-commerce savvy. It's not, it's not their, um, it's not their forte. You're going to speak to one rep. One rep is going to tell you one thing and another will tell you something else. But what's really, really important is to make sure that all fees are built to the shipper, which isn't typically how it's done when you're shipping globally. Normally, like I said earlier about the importer of record, 
the receiver is usually responsible for all these different things, including taxes. So I don't know if you ever ordered something from overseas and there were taxes that were owed and the DHL driver or the UPS driver said, or they might have called you or came to the door and said, look, there are taxes that need to be paid. How do you want to pay? Is it by check or credit card? And they'll take payment before delivering. So obviously Amazon will not put up with that. So you want to make sure that when you're shipping um, into Amazon's location with the carriers, everything gets billed to the shipper. And the terms for that is DDP, which is what you would put down the Inco term, which is basically the terms that the carrier is looking for um, to see who's paying for what in the shipment. So when you're and what does DDP terms, stand for? So DDP stands for duties and deliveries paid for. Okay. Typically, people use DDU, duties and delivery unpaid, and then the person that receives it will pay for it. So whenever shipping with, uh, you know, something going with uh, Amazon, you want to make sure that it's DDP or DAP is another term people use, uh, which already includes the freight cost. That's usually, uh, you know, savings that people people are able to um, have if they're using that inco term. So those those are the two biggest things that I would, you know, advise sellers on. Yeah, th there's been some really great advice uh, during the podcast today. And uh, if you have any questions ab about freight or anything that has to do with shipping, uh, please let us know. We're going to be winding down the podcast fairly soon. So if you do have any questions for Pearl, uh, just, you know, send them over and we'll we'll get to them. I know there were some comments there, Hayden. Do you want to go through some of them? Yeah, sure thing. Um, and no questions as of yet. Okay. But let's see. While Hayden's looking for the comments, just once again, we've got two really awesome giveaways. If you want to get into the Canadian market, Pearl is offering a free, like it's $150 off. They're waiving the fee for her service. So uh, we've put the, um, we've put the uh, URL in the comments section. We'll also post it afterwards, but that's free to anybody who is listening to the podcast right now. And Pearl just doesn't do this at all. So this is a $350 savings that you can have uh, if you want to get into the Canadian market. And then Wheel of Kelsey uh, or Wheel of Hayden, producer for the people, um, his, his wheel, uh, or should I say Pearl's wheel, is going to be 10% off your next shipment. Now, 10% off could be huge. So I don't know if, if you know what your shipping rates are, but I mean, if it's a small package or if it's a large package, it's 10% off. So I would be hashtag wheel of Kelsing it all day long if I were you. That's an awesome prize. And again, thank you, Pearl, for it. Of course, of course. And we do have one question, um, yep. but it looks like there's a glitch. I can't seem to get the name on Facebook, but here it is. Okay. Um, how to make sure that our shipper is insuring our goods while shipped. Yeah, that's a good question. So insurance is not something that comes um, automatically. You definitely have to request that and make sure that it's there. Um, some businesses have a marine policy along with the other insurances that they have, which is something I highly recommend. Um, we did have a client, I remember, that had specifically not requested insurance. He did not want insurance um, just because, you know, for many, many years, nothing has ever gone wrong. And there was a really bad storm in New York and his shipment came in completely stoking wet. Yep. And he had a marine policy and he got it all covered. So 
And, you know, we helped them, we were able to help them through that. So I, I would recommend if you are shipping a lot and you, uh, you know, want to be safe to get such a policy, not expensive at all. And if not, make sure every shipment that you're doing, you are specifically requesting that there is insurance added. Okay. Any, any others, Ahead? Uh, there's just this comment earlier too. Yeah. Uh, I had one international sale going to France. Ah. I was shocked, but excited. Happened from my Etsy site. Shipping <laughs> was as much as the product. Yeah, oh. see, that's, that's very typical. See, that's why you need to do FBA. So if you ship into Amazon's warehouse facility, a little bit of a larger shipment, typically the carriers like when you're shipping at least a hundred pounds or more, because when it's a little bit of a smaller shipment, they have to get a truck out there and they have to, you know, there's a lot of labor involved. So they'd rather if you ship a larger shipment. So if, if you're shipping typically two boxes or more is when you're going to see the best rates when it comes to the carriers. So if you're shipping FBA, um, Facebook user, I'm sorry, I forgot your name, um, that you would see the fees significantly go down. And if you're getting a sale through Etsy, I think that's really, really cool. Imagine what would happen with Amazon. So oh, yeah. That's, that's great. Okay, I think that's it. Is that correct, Aid? That's right. All right, so let's go to a sponsor, and then we'll come back. If you're selling on Amazon in 2022, you know how important it is to stand out from your competition. Let Hona Worldwide lend a helping hand with your product innovation to outcompete your competition online. That's right. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the success of your newly innovative product while Hono handles all the work. Visit honoworldwide.com for more information. That's Honu, H-O-N-U, worldwide.com, or email savings at honuworldwide.com. All right, and we're back. And Pearl, why don't you give out your contact information or who people should contact if they're interested in your services? Sure. So they can reach out to support at firstchoiceship.com. And we will be more than happy to help them expand into any Amazon marketplace that has the FBA option. And uh, we'll help them from compliance to actual getting their product shipped in. And really just educating them. That's our goal, to really educate people on how to make it happen. All right. Fantastic. Okay. You've never seen the Wheel of Kelsey. Um, sit back. Excited. Turn your volume down. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Hayde. All right, here we go. It's time for the Wheel of Kelsey. All right. Now to the wheel. Okay. Just give me one sec to cue that up. Um, here. Can you see the wheel? No. Yes. There we go. Okay. Great. Uh, three, two, one. And who is it? Marsha. Fantastic. Marcia. Here we go. Congrats, Marsha. Perfect. So if you, um, Marsha, uh, you know the drill. <laughs> you can either send it over to Hayden at Hayden at AMZ, uh, dot club, 
or just k at lunchwithnorm.com. And um, we'll get you over that information uh, to Pearl. All right. That's it for today. Pearl, thank you for coming on. It was awesome. You, you dropped some knowledge there. <laughs> My pleasure. Thanks for having me. I enjoy it. Oh, it, it, and you have to come on again. It's been too long. Like, this is two yeah. years we've been here and you haven't been on. So we got to get you on soon. I know. Anytime. Anytime. Next time a frame. Okay. <laughs> All right. We, we will see you later, Pearl. Thank you for All coming. Right. Thank you yep. so much. Take care, guys. Yep. Bye. Thank you. All right, everybody. So join us on Friday. Uh, we have another live show. Uh, I am not going anywhere for quite some time. So I can't wait. We were getting into a lot of pre-records uh, and hopefully they were very, um, uh, well, hopefully they were almost as good as live. But uh, anyways, we are going live for the next at least three or four weeks easily. And um Thank you. Hayden, is there anything else that we have to say? Do. Oh, just the, the usual drill. Make sure you like the podcast on Spotify and Apple and YouTube. Uh, subscribe on YouTube. Um, and if you know anyone who would like to listen to podcasts, make sure you share this with them. Uh, word of mouth really helps us out. And uh, we just want to keep making this, this community as big and helpful as possible. So. All right. And thank you, Hayden, for covering off for Kelsey this week, too. I, I really appreciate it. Uh, when the duty calls. When the duty calls. Know. Yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. So thank you for joining us today. And join us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at noon Eastern Standard Time. Um, we love this community. We could not do this uh, podcast without you. Uh, our Facebook group is growing. Uh, there's tons of posts going in there. I mean, it's so active. So thank you. Thank you again for, for joining us today. And we will see you on Friday. All right. Bye, everyone. Lunch with the, lunch with the, lunch with the.